0: And welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, the podcast that shines a light on those moments of castings and auditions that just don't go the way that you wanted to. I don't mean you didn't get the job, I mean, You had a meltdown, or somebody smashed a mirror, or you ended up in A&E after a dance call. Those kind of moments that we absolutely love to hear, but we hate for them to happen to us. My name is Christopher Butler-Wolford, I'm your host, and each week a guest from the world of the entertainment industry joins me to have a talk through your anonymous audition confessions, and also share a few of our own as well. If this is your first week listening to us, where have you been? There's loads to catch up on, so make sure you do that after you've listened to our wonderful guest this week, Mr Thomas Mitchells. Now, Tom is a very good friend of mine. We've gigged together loads and loads, but you will know him from Frenzical the musical. He is currently playing Chandler in that. You've also seen him in Buddy. He was in Buddy, the musical, for years all around the world. And also... You might recognise his voice if you play certain video games, so I'll leave that one to your imagination. Well, we probably talk about it, so it's fine. We recorded this a little while ago when lockdown was in full force. There are some brilliant stories in this one today, and... That's the whole point of our show. You, you, the listeners, if you have ever auditioned for something, whether it be a church choir, a West End show, a TV singing competition, a dance musical, anything, a comedy sketch show, we want to hear your tales of your auditions. As you're listening, drop us an email. Don't call us pod at gmail.com. Send them to us, they're all anonymized. don't worry. We'll never give away who you are or who you're auditioning for unless you absolutely want us to. And email us your stories so we can share them and make our guests laugh. Also, if you're listening to the show, get on Twitter, tweet along as you listen to the stories. We love to hear your reactions. It's one of my favourite things every week. On Friday mornings, if you're listening to it, tweet us as you hear the stories and I want to know how they make you feel. Oh, it's so much fun. So, let's begin this week's episode. I start the show every week with the same question to our guests to find out how they really find auditions and the casting room. And the question is, what do auditions mean to you?
1: I personally, I hate going to auditions sometimes. Really, really do. I find the whole audition process very when when it's when it's for say like a a big show um because I've done a a right as you'll hear later on I've done a right bag mixed bag (laughs) of different kinds of auditions and I just find a lot of them very clinical you know like a, a some a lot of auditions I've been to have been always felt like a bit of a job interview type environment everyone's very quiet everyone sort of We'll try and do some small talk. And it usually is always. So where did you train? What song have you prepared?
0: Which um, is all on your CV and they've gotten an email anyway. So, Who,
1: who are you representing by? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, um, uh, I'm going to go and sing Stars from from my Okay, but they did ask for like a pop song. For this one so <laughs> um, it's just it's just like unless there is someone there that you know and I've been to auditions where it's really really nice to see a familiar face but when you walk in and you see them sometimes I do go oh no I because I hate I hate talking I, I just I like to just chill out and be on my phone and just kind of relax as best I can whereas it's like when you've got someone there they are just always are talking about what they've been up to? What are they doing now? How, who they're up for in the audition? And you're like, oh, you're you're auditioning for them as well? Okay, sick, um, cool. Oh, I just want to go over my. <laughs> I'm talking to you, and I'm. Mm, yeah, okay. Mm, yeah, okay. Sure. So yeah, I, I mean, I have oh, always hi, found them... Sarah! like that, and then you see someone else, and <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just something about the audition process that i've always found not uncomfortable but just because of how clinical it can be sometimes i can you can i can never feel like i can properly go into a an audition room and in front of a panel really show who i am unless it's the right type of audition i've been i've been to auditions where it's not for a comedy and i can't be happy like how i'm talking to you now and being a bit bit of a like uh, uh, david brent bit of a laugh you know um I try, you know, when I when I have to do that, it's like ah, oh, you're not, you're not, you don't know what I'm like as a person, really. I've just given you a really false, fake, smokescreened version of who I am as a being. Anyway, here's my sixteen bars. So yeah, I, auditions. Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of them, but um, you know, it's all part of it. You you've got to do them. Got That's to the do them. whole point. You got think- to do them
0: it's really something that i think maybe hasn't been thought about too much is it's that thing is it the audition starts the minute you walk in the room but actually the audition starts the minute you walk into the room before you walk into the room oh big time and i think maybe in future and certainly maybe after this like you said everything's hopefully going to be reset somewhat Mm. that will be maybe made a little bit more comfortable it's always quite intimidating when you walk into that waiting room like you said and and there's someone who just wants to kind of natter 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 and you want to focus and get on with it and mm-hmm. that's fine at the same time yeah. if you ever walk in and it's deathly silent in there Oof, i find that's yeah. terrifying not because i'm I mean. scared of it but i'm like i don't want to be the one to make a noise or yeah. do some humming and, and just some sirening and stuff and then it's like uh next next person's uh michael michael here and you're like i'm not, I'm not michael and then you just like it, just you could just feel everything kind of crumbling into you, and you're like, ah, get me out! Yeah, and then it makes you uncomfortable in the room. So yeah, maybe maybe bean bags. Who knows?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, even just I'll tell you what. My my favourite kinds of auditions are the ones where it's not a huge cattle market where they are, have people going in and out constantly, like a revolving door audition. Yeah. But it's those auditions that allow you to have just a bit of a chat with the panel actually speak to them rather than just walk in and they say, so what have you brought for us today? They actually like to have a, a bit of a chat to, yeah. to talk, like actually talk to you as a person, as opposed to, okay, who's next? Yeah, it, 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 you know, it just humanizes everyone in the room rather than it just be, all right. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is um, stars.
0: from." It me. makes you feel like they're really investing in you as a person in that moment. Like yeah. you said, as opposed to the first thing that they yeah. say to you is what are you singing for us? Well,
1: yeah and don't ask me how yeah and don't we? don't get me don't get me wrong like it, it's not it's not to say that 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 you know the panel obviously want you to do a good job they want you to be the person that they can go oh, yeah yeah this is, this is exactly what we want but in the same breath i think still having there's always this sort of natural assumption that you have to be a bit cold sometimes and it's just a bit you don't need to be like that
0: no not at all Shut personality out, this... is what they want and that comes yeah. both ways you want to know who you're potentially going to be working with and what they're going to be like to work with on both sides of the panel that's why i yeah. always used to put jokes in my audition and ask my auditionees to tell me a joke because it instantly broke down that barrier of this is a work interview this is because it's not i want to know who you're going to be like yeah, so, yeah. let
1: off a fart anything just let, off, kind of a break... let just, off a fart let off a fart break go. the tension <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: The first submitted story this week um oh, okay. from a musical theater actor of course are you ready because these are they're quite long this week but they i like don't care
1: <laughs> buckle up don't care i love i love story time
0: <sighs> so she says musical theater girl me saw that there was a casting for an actor musician play with a director that i loved and knew a little bit the lead character was the only non-muso And I wasn't aiming for those heights, but I was super keen to work with the director. So despite not having played a flute for about six years, I decided to apply with mention of my flautist abilities. Lo and behold, I landed an audition. They asked me to prepare a monologue from the show, a song and a song on my flute. Cue me remembering I no longer own a flute. I had to beg a friend to borrow her flute. Luckily, she had one and she could let me, so it's fine. The day of the audition comes. And I'm crazy nervous. I've never auditioned for a play. Firstly, I mess up the monologue. They want to work on it, and so do I. I keep messing up bits and I want to die a little bit, but we, we get through it. I do my song next. Not my best, but it was okay. Thankfully, they don't ask for anything on the flute. I leave the audition relieved, uh, relieved that it's over. An hour later, I get a call. Can you come to a recall next week? Here's an original song, five scenes from the play, plus one monologue. Please can you learn these and look at the song. We're considering you for the lead. So I'm really pumped by that, but also feeling dreadful at having to learn five scenes in a monologue off book so quickly. By the way, it was a Brecht play. (laughs) Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, that makes it... I spend all week getting these scenes and monologue down. I look at the song. I go into my recall and they say, let's start with the song. So I go over to the pianist who starts to play. It dawns on me that I literally only looked at the song. Like, just glanced at it. As in, use my eyes to scan the page. That was it. Having been so concerned about the Brecht text, I completely forgot how to be a musical theatre person and learn a song. (laughs) I try to sight sing along with a pianist. Bless me for trying, but it's not great. He stops, looks over at the panel and says, "Uh, did you ask them to learn the song? The panel look and nod at each other. They see me blush and I admit defeat. Not to worry, they say. Let's see what else you have in your repertoire. They ask me to sing one song, realise the end page is missing and she says I'm the most organised person there is so this is shock horror, the worst day of my life. (laughs) I do the belty end of another song, but by this time my nerves are shot and it's atrocious. We then do one scene of the five that I'd learnt by heart. <laughs> one of them. Classic. It's okay. We do the monologue and it's all right. But the whole time I just wanted the ground to swallow me up whole. It finishes. I leave and cry down the phone to my mum. I've ruined oh. my reputation, mum. It was awful. I'll never work again. <laughs> Within the hour, I get another message. Can you come to a recall tomorrow? (laughs) Please learn the song. (laughs) (laughs) Holy hell, (laughs) they want to see me fail again? Am I going to be their horrific audition story for laughs? But there's a happy ending. Overnight, I learn the song. Not only do I learn it, but I get it off book. I go in the next day and I sing it off book. No errors. The rest of the audition goes and feels quite positive. I don't get the job. They go for a different physical type. But on the back of it, I got two jobs. Two jobs that were paid and great fun workshopping a brand new musical. Somehow I impressed the MD with having managed to get the song off book overnight and they needed someone who could learn music quickly for this next job. So one of my worst audition experiences ever turns into one of my favourites just for the outcome. That's great.
1: That's great. Oh, that
0: was a journey. That. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah.
0: We've all gone in to an audition where they've asked you to learn five scenes or prepare two or three different scenes, and then either they just have asked you to do one of them, like that actress happened, or mm. none of them.
1: Yeah. Or oh. they just give you the whole script and go pick a bit.
0: Pick a bit. Which bit? Pick did a you pick bit. that bit? Oh, not that bit. Do the other bit. And you're like, well, I've, I've yeah, pick that bit.
1: Uh, yeah, I've been looking at page sixty to page sixty-five. Okay, well we'll move on that in a minute. We're going to do page eighty-nine.
0: <laughs> now, if, every, if, if anyone listening hasn't ever worked with Brecht text, it, it, and I know what play the the actress was was talking about as well. And and it's it's a bit. It, there's a lot to it, so that's mm. quite a challenge. Five scenes and a monologue and a song yeah.
1: is a lot. But hey, yeah. she got something out of it. That's pretty good. But, that's the thing is it's that to to give her credit, you know, doing things. A lot of a lot of my a lot of my career has been from being thrown in at the deep end and hitting the uh, sod it button and just saying, <laughs> OK, well, I'm I'm in too deep now. And a, a couple of my audition stories are results of that. Um, but, you know, it, it really does. In a way, when you treat an audition like a a learning experience rather than a, a, an interview experience, yeah, and you treat it as though you, you treat... Well, you should treat auditions as though you're working. The fact that she really did the grind of whatever she was sent, which is too much, I'm not going to lie, but she went out of her way to find time to prepare as much as she could. Things like songs and not being able to remember everything you know, because you you get all this stuff crammed into your head and you're stressing about so much. And if you mess up your song, well, that's going to happen because you're probably worrying too much about the text or you mess up your monologue because you've been worrying about the song. And yeah, these things happen. But like, like she's just proven that as long as you commit yourself to doing auditions like that, when you get them through. She got two recalls. She got yeah. two recalls. And she's saying it's the one of her worst auditions, but I'm going, Well, you got two recalls, so that's already a really, really yeah. good
0: result. Really good. And at least at least she kept going. She kept going and didn't
1: Yeah. You know, and she in. was she was honest to the panel when it came to not knowing about the song. She was open and honest and kind of went, no, I did that. <laughs> you know, obviously, it's, it's a horrible thing. You have to swallow your pride and admit that, you know, no, nah, I, I tried, but It's just not happened. Okay, we say try, and she skimmed red, but we'll we'll, we'll, we'll gloss over that. (laughs) We'll gloss over (laughs) the fact she skimmed red. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Good on her. Like that's that's a it's a nice story because she got something out of it. She got a result out of it, and and that's one thing people can take away from a story like that is no matter what is thrown at you, that you have to learn it. You don't. You literally cannot call what the outcome will be. And considering she got two recalls, she didn't get that job. But then she got two other ones. I consider it a, 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 a success. Bonus. Yeah, a bonus it's, indeed. It's not a failure. That's not the worst audition story. It's a cracking audition story. <laughs> so that one doesn't oh, count. That's what we're saying. Completely none of She's banned from writing in. Banned this from writing not, in. <laughs> she's banned from writing in again. She don't. You know. Oh, I got success from this. But it's not a terrible audition. You got a job.
0: <laughs> don't call us. We'll call you and offer you two jobs. That, yeah, <laughs> that's not the show. That's not the title. <laughs> that's not what this is. So come on then, Thomas. Uh, hit me with one of yours. Show us. Show us what
1: happens when you don't get two jobs at the end of it. Okay, so this one. This one is fairly related to the idea of being given things to prepare and going at it. This is how not to do it. So this was one of the first auditions I ever had. I was 19. I had uh, just done uh, my third. So I was working abroad a lot and I I came back from Cyprus and I had just signed with an agent, my first agent at that time, who took a chance on me um, because they were looking for new talent. And when I came back uh, from Cyprus, back to stay in Tamworth, not long—I think around Christmas time—they said, "Oh, you've uh, you've got an audition in January." Oh, great! And they went, "Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's for a it's for a film." Oh, that's really cool. And um, and obviously fresh-faced nineteen-year-old me, I got a film audition. Oh, <laughs> it's the dream. And then they and they said uh, he called me up and said, "Yeah, um, so uh, I've just got a question to ask you." Um, because on your spotlight you said that one of your languages is French and I went yeah and he went how how good is your French and I said well I still have I got an A at French GCSE have you spoken (laughs) have you spoken French since then uh no but I could you know I can I can read things out loud you know i, I i'm very good i'm very good at, at reading french off text i'm very good at that so i said if if i learn the material i'm sure i'll be fine so they went yeah okay fine so they sent me the entire script they sent me the entire script and they sent me <laughs> wait so wait wait they sent me the entire script so this film is i'm gonna say what it is it is uh called Le Prof en vacances, which is The Teachers on Holiday. Yeah. And it was a sequel to Le Prof, which was a French slapstick (laughs) film based based on a comic book series, right? And I, excited 19 year old me, (laughs) getting this audition for a French comedy film. I watched the first film. I watched the hey, entire research. first film. I wa- yeah, there's research and then there's getting a degree in it. I watched <laughs> the entire film. I, I, I went through the sides and I, and I got, I had a good understanding of the lines in the sides. So that was, I was quite happy with that. And then I don't know why, but because I was like, I need to, I need to understand exactly what my character is. I need to I need to really make sure I, I've got all this knowledge in my head when I walk into that room. I need to have some confidence. Uh, and, or, and in my head, I'm like, well, they sent me the whole script, so obviously they want me to read it. So for an entire day, I sat in my room with the script open on an iPad, and I went through the entire script through google translate line by line (laughs) just so that i could properly understand the the film right and what a thrill ride that film is i tell you um it's a it's about the teacher the french teachers being taken by her majesty's secret service (laughs) in order to teach the queen elizabeth's granddaughter how to be a proper student because she is a punk rocker in Camden. <laughs> what? <laughs> to give you some context of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: <laughs> I, I didn't expect so anyway, that.
1: that's that's not the Yeah, well that's that's pretty <laughs> much the the crux of it. The character I was for was like a bit of um oh god, what's his name in um it was basically like a child Jacob Reese Marg, if I'm honest.
0: Oh, dear! And
1: yeah, who was at this private school? Uh, Walter Softy from Dennis the Menace, a bit like that. But I had to speak French, but speak French in a British accent. So I had to be really posh. Um, okay. I had to be really posh speaking French, which was a really mind bending thing to do. Anyway, we get to the, the audition day. I still lived in Tamworth. First thing in the morning, I get dressed up, ready, on a train. Uh, uh, down to Euston and then down to uh, Shaftesbury Avenue. So it was a big trek. It was about two hours, two two hours, two hours fifteen to get all that way from my hometown
0: to, to Big London.
1: Big London, you know, there I am. To big London for the big audition. You know, I'd been through London many a times, but I'd very rarely been in London. <laughs> and uh, I, I get to uh, one of the one of the meeting rooms, Shaftesbury Avenue, and there I am ready to ready to go there was one other guy waiting so there wasn't that many people auditioning for this role so i chatted to this this other guy for a bit and uh then i i got i got called i got (laughs) i got called up and the casting director um is quite a well-known casting director who has cast some decent films and may or may not be responsible for the equity self-tape guide okay um so if you know who he is that's him very very nice man very nice man and i'm so glad that when i was 19 i had him in the room as the casting director taping me because he was so lovely um but that's not why this was a terrible audition so i i get in I get in and I'm very nervous. I I had never experienced nerves like it at this point. This was the one time I probably looked suspicious on the tube. I was shaking that much and I get to, and, and I'm there and the reader is French convenient. So we had like a little bit of a back and forth. Um, I probably told her that I went to the garden with my grandma to play football <laughs> because I like it and on Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> so we we do the scenes and every single time I just I got so in my head that I think this is where everyone everyone knows that I'm like David Brent but this was the first proper David Brentism I ever started coming out with <laughs> because every time I did a scene I kept looking directly into the camera lens. As soon as I finished the line, <laughs> as soon as I finished the gag, I just kept looking at the camera and it got to the point where the casting director had to go, will you stop looking at the camera? <laughs> and I'm, I'm 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 obviously like oh god oh, silly me yes oh god sorry uh, yeah okay fine and um, and then and then after he said will you stop looking at the camera I did the line again um con de mon père and I looked at the camera again and I went ah oh, yeah uh, <laughs> and then honestly it was like vocal jazz it was as though a drum kit had been thrown down some stairs and um <laughs> I, I was left at that point we'd finished and he went, okay, great. Um, thanks. Thanks very much, Thomas. Oh. Um, thank you very much for coming in. Um, uh, we'll, we'll be in touch with your agent if, uh, if we hear anything further. Um, thank you very, thank you very much. And just like that, I just walked out, walked out of the room, oh. all of that anxiety left me. I was like, I've done it now. I've done it but my god never ever ever <laughs> say you can speak fluent french on your spot tv
0: <laughs>
1: never again
0: oh my god at least at least you were 19 it's gone it's 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 happened oh, now it's not I've like done it was it. last week it's it was... over oh. have you have you been seen by a casting director since for something
1: nope Uh, (laughs) I think we know I uh no (laughs) no, I I haven't but I like I said earlier I I do stand by that at that at that time I'm glad he was so friendly and nice about the whole thing it was it was you could have got shut down a lot earlier by other people yeah but and I think he he let me have, he let me have a learning curve. He let me have a learning experience of what it's like to be in an audition for a, a, a film. Cause I don't, I, I haven't had many film auditions and that was one of the only ones I had. And I learned so much being 19. Bearing in mind, like, I didn't get training for auditions. No one told me how to prepare for auditions. I, I kind of made it up as I went along. Cause that's just all I knew it's how you do it. Yeah. And th- the way you learn it really is by doing it and him Guiding me through that audition, as terrible as it was, was so much more rewarding for what I learned from that, no matter how cringeworthy it was as an audition. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I don't have a Welsh
0: accent, but I am Welsh, very, very much Welsh, I'd always go up to uh, an audition and and it was for, usually it was for TV, and they'd obviously want a Welsh actor, but I don't have a Welsh accent. I'd have to put on a Welsh accent
1: yeah, but I, and it I, feels like you're mocking your own. Ac- yeah, you're mocking I, your like it doesn't feel authentic.
0: It just it's weird because they're like, "Just do it in no. your own accent." I'm like, "Well, oh, this 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 is my accent. I don't really have very much of a Welsh accent." Toothpaste is about as far Welsh as I go. Oh, and then they're like, "No, no, no," but like from the valleys. I'm like, "Yeah, but which part of the valleys?" Because if you want me to do. Uh, a Pontypriddh <laughs> accent, that's fine. If you want me to do a Cardiff accent, that's fine. It's just a Welsh accent. Yes, but <laughs> there isn't just a Welsh accent. It's dialects. there's different ones. Do you want me from Carmarthen? Do you want me from Swansea? Do you want me from Newport? Which one? Just South Wales. That's too broad! It's too broad. <laughs> God, can't do it anymore.
1: Just sound like you're from a ruined castle.
0: I'll just stand there and go, whose court is that, jacket? Is that what you want? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely.
1: Well, God. I for I... one cannot wait. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then that's it. I'd that's
1: always, get. I know
0: you Whenever I used to do that, though, it, and I was funny enough. I was talking to my wife about this the other day. There's so many different dialects, dialects, and accents used to fascinate yeah. me as a performer yeah. because it's such a wonderful skill. And I and I wasn't too up on like the the phonetical kind of way of doing stuff. You know, you write out. We learnt it a bit at drama court school, but I never really clicked with it. Mm. But there was a, a wonderful tip that uh, I might well have mentioned this in in the show already but there was a wonderful tip that a specific casting team that was casting a, 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 a an english spoken but welsh drama for channel 4 at the time they said they I'd already met them a few times so they knew what my normal accent was and they said if you imagine the the kind of rise and fall of whatever accent you're doing reflects the landscape of the place that you're doing it from that's a really good way of it visualizing an accent so for wheels it's lots of up and downs because it's a bit hilly and then it's a bit like that and then uh, mm. For Liverpool, it's quite flat a little bit at the time, you know, because it's a really flat landscape. It's a bit more coastal, industrial. So I was like, that's a really good thing. So I always kept that in my head, but it still didn't help when all oh, they wanted was this, really. And actually, all they got was sounded like a little... Is there kink, anyone so. alive out there? Yeah. Call out! Llewellyn, are you coming? No, no, uh, I couldn't do it.
1: More phlegm. Oh. More yeah. phlegm. That's <laughs> true. Like, I live next to a more phlegm. phlegm. but a lot of a lot of accents and dialects and that's that's how i've grown accustomed to them when i've when i've done voiceover work and and done characters for video games is that you do there are natural melodies that sit in people's voices and so you can pick up a lot from that i mean if we go into the west midlands it's just all about going from this flat kind of voice to all of a sudden going off and uh, you always like to to turn it up at the end for some reason it's just like i love it i, I love it
0: and as a voice actor you're going to have to do lots of different
1: accents throughout especially like you said video games as well yeah i mean i don't i, I, I don't get a huge demand for uh <laughs> thick brummy accents in uh uh i <laughs> <laughs>
0: this this next story there's a couple of long ones so i'm going to get through them for you um go on this next story oh it it's one of those tales we've all been there ah uh, it's oh dear i f- i really feel for this girl um comes in for oh, an I'm actress excited. who uh was auditioning for a pantomime
1: ah already i love it already
0: go on she starts I was fresh out of drama school and had a string of pantomime auditions, one of which was up north in Barnsley, a fair old commute from Kent. But I didn't mind. I was just really very keen to secure my first job. My dad decided to save me an expensive last minute train journey and give me a lift. A lift
1: to Barnsley. A lift. That's not a lift. That's a a cross country trip. (laughs) It must have taken him a week yeah yeah they're still going
0: a way to support me and spend some time together on a long drive lovely okay well that's fair enough then that is a bit of lift. A... i was being seen for both principal boy and principal girl and was feeling good i'd nailed my audition outfit a pretty dress which could be seen as principal girl but paired with long boots to give the principal boy look look at me i'm versatile she says <laughs> i like that <laughs> put that on a t-shirt I was delighted to read and sing well, and the guy casting it was definitely impressed with me, giving me great feedback, and also the impression I was very much in with a shot at being cast as Principal Boy, as that is what he saw me as. I left the audition on a high, and of course, my dad was super proud on the journey home. A few days later, I had the dreaded, you didn't get the job email, and to be honest, I was gutted. He was very kind to me and said it was between me and one other girl and they had to go with the other girl because her look complimented the principal girl. He wanted to work with me in the future and would definitely be in touch, the usual stuff. But he did get in touch. The following year, he was casting a production of Robin Hood and thought I'd be perfect for the title role. Would I mind coming up to read for him again? The kind of email that suggests the job's yours, come and get it if you want it. Which I very much did. This time, the theatre was bigger, the pay was better and the run was longer. Maybe this was payback for making all the effort and coming so close last year. He sent me over some script and the song he wanted me to learn. The song was from the Prince of Egypt, which I was familiar with. I listened to the backing track he'd sent, which sounded nothing like the song and was in a completely different key for a male. I had to really practice it to get on top of it. And there was a point in my voice that nearly broke as it was so low but i knew what i was doing this time around my lovely dad wasn't able to give me a lift <laughs> so i booked a train and then walked up... yeah she walked <laughs> 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 so i booked a train and ended up liaising with the casting director to organize travel as the theater was a bit out of the way and he was very thankful that i was making the effort we established mm. i would have to get a taxi from the station to the theater and he agreed on a time which meant he could give me a lift back to the train station after we'd met. Oh, there we go. I was feeling great again. I nailed the audition outfit, this time full-on principal boy, and I was fully prepared, apart from the wobbly bit in that bloody song, but all in all, I felt confident that this part was mine. After three trains, a taxi, and four hours of travel, I got into the room, and he was really happy to see me. We had a chat and he asked to hear the song whilst thumbing with a CD and a tiny CD player in a large theatre space. He asked, how did you find it? I was honest and said, well, the song's a little low in this key, but other than that, fine. He explained it was for the male playing the part at a previous production of the show. I nodded and the song began. So I was on the stage and I couldn't really hear the tiny CD player very well, but we'd established it was up as high as it would go. Okay, just listen, I thought. Find that weird starting note in the weird key. Nope, can't find it. What is it? In the process of trying to find it, I missed my entrance to the song. Sorry, I I couldn't hear the track. Can we try again, please? He has to rewind the CD back to the start. Rewind the, C- <laughs> rewind the CD. Rewind the CD. It starts God, again. I listen.
1: Rewind the
0: CD. I can't hear my note and I realise this is not the same track that I've been learning from. It's in yet another key. Ugh. I decide to just go for it as I can't make him rewind it again. (laughs) I open my mouth and yep, I'm singing in a completely wrong key. Probably the one I'd learnt the song in. I would spend the entire song attempting to find my note. I even managed some spectacular speak singing during the particularly low parts my voice was not able to reach by which point I have no idea of the words, the tune, or if I'm even a singer anymore. (laughs) As it goes on, I can see the look of disappointment on his face grow and grow as I crumble into a million principal boy
1: pieces.
0: (sighs) As it reached the chorus, I found the right note for about ten seconds, but it was too late. I was done. I think he said something like, Oh, don't worry about the script, I know what you can do. Oh, Brutal. I just oh wanted to mate. escape from Come the room and run away. It was terrible. But then we both remembered. He was giving me a lift to the train station, wasn't he? Oh, I could tell oh. he really regretted offering to do this as we sat in the car for 10 minutes making small talk about the weather and trains. The most awkward lift I've ever been given. Safe to say, I did not get the job which I'd originally thought was mine and I'd never heard from the guy again. Oh, Oh, (laughs) no,
1: don't agree to get a lift from the casting director. God, that is that is the the moment, isn't it? I I completely forgot about that. You can feel
0: it going. We've all missed keys. We've all had not heard. And obviously, by the description, you can imagine it's one of those tiny little silvery blue CD players, runs on two AA batteries and they've got it to fill a 500-seater... Theatre. Oh come no, I, on. I,
1: I, I had an audition where I, I, I actually had to I had to sing with a CD player like that, and it was in a big community theatre space. And it just it, it is just the most annoying thing to have to sing with because you end up singing louder than the entire yeah. CD player, and you can't hear it. You just can't. Oh, well. You have to kind of guess what happens. Don't put the CD player. If
0: you're a casting panel, don't put the CD player on the table that you're working from facing you because then all you're going to hear is the track and it just looks like someone's going I wanna yeah. go really quietly yeah. and like, I can't hear you and you end up just absolutely bellowing it in their face then they stop it inevitably and you just go Nya! really loudly out of nowhere oh sorry sorry
1: <laughs> oh the poor thing I mean that's she terrible all the way up to Barnsley from Kent twice I bet twice. during lockdown she is gutted that everyone is using Zoom now yeah she just goes to Durham <laughs> now it's fine <laughs> she's, I bet she's livid. I, bet, I know everyone's doing it via remote, bloody oh. distance. Unbelievable. Oh, man. Oh, but that's dear. the thing, though, is don't like, no matter how inviting and enticing it seems to have yourself full of confidence, I've definitely got this job. Just try not to think that because you yeah can't. you you just you just risk setting yourself up yeah feeling even worse and then having the worst journey to the train station ever just <laughs> so, uh, go is in it, there. has it
0: rained lately
1: uh, oh is it is it um, oh oh how far's Burnley from Barnsley they're yeah. quite close aren't they uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear oh, d- oh dear I, I want to know
1: how long that journey took from Kent to well, she said Bar- was four- it Barnsley?
0: Was it four trains or something?
1: Oh, dear. No, that's when, a, when, a the, long when way. The, the dad had to drive her there.
0: Too long to not get it and not get it the second time because they didn't send you the right track in the first place. Ah! Oh, God! Oh, that dear. Is... Burning up, burning up.
1: Right, hit me with another one of yours. All right. Okay, so I've, I've saved this one as as like this. This should be the the, the crux, the the, okay. the ultimate. I like it. This is this this is the story that you. This is why you messaged me saying I want you on here. <laughs>
0: and and you haven't so, told me this yet either. That's the thing. You've told me like minor details, and I'm like, please don't tell me anymore because I need. Yes. Yeah,
1: so I, um, whilst when I just finished the first leg of uh, the Buddy Holly story. Uh, We had a six week break over Christmas and I got just as we were finishing in Swindon on this first leg of the tour. I got an email um, from this guy who worked for Global, which is a big radio company in the UK that deal with a lot of radio stations like um, XFM, Heart. uh... Capital. Capital. That's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. And uh, they basically got this random email off him saying um we'd i'd really like to um been trying to get in touch with you i'd really really like it if um we could get you in to our studio because we'd love to audition you for a radio presenter role for uh regional radio in the west midlands uh and this particular radio station is heart fm which i'm quite happy talking about because it's it's it just like really encapsulates exactly what i had to do in order to, to be in this <laughs> so hi fm i love i love heart you know more music variety there you know, is
0: there
1: yeah, is yeah more music variety we say variety but we play the same 10 songs again and again and again <laughs> and uh uh that, that's it that's me blacklisted from that radio station and uh no, so this guy this guy invited me to, it was actually a really exciting day. So I, I was invited to Leicester Square where the global um, headquarters are uh, and where all the national, uh, national and London bases of radio stations are. And it's like every floor is a different radio station. So you go in. It's, it's like a, a weird theme park, isn't it? Going into the global building. I love it. I love it it's really weird so you get floor one you see all the green of xfm floor two you see all the red of heart and then floor three blue and white for capital and it was a really it was really cool that like it just wasn't somewhere i'd ever expected i'd end up having a little walk around so i get escorted by the uh the guy auditioning me and he takes me through um to one of these side side studios um which i'd imagine they use for um podcasting and um just side interviews maybe they don't want to use a main studio for something and they want to record an interview off away somewhere so it was this little it was this little studio that had a window and as I as I came in to sit down I looked through the window and Mark Wright is doing his um radio show live just through there and you're like oh okay this is not what I expected at all um and so we, we sit down and we basically have a chat and he, he talks, he talks me through, you know, the, the Heart FM message and, the, and how, how things are meant to sound, what, what feelings we want to encourage from the listeners and what, what our, our audience demographic are, all these, all that, like really, like all the statistical analysis of basically what this radio station is and who, who it's for. And basically it's just all about positivity, having fun and like giving you good, happy music to get you through the day, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he he says, uh, right. Okay. So here's the setup. Here's, um, here's your, here's your microphone you'll be using. Uh, and here's this software here uh, on this uh, computer monitor. This is where you'll, you'll play your tracks and this is your countdowns so that you know how long you've got to talk before the next, uh, audio track comes through. Uh, maybe you play an ad here and he's showing me all this stuff. I had never seen this piece of software before in my life. And, I'd never, and, and he was like, so do you want to do you want to try and, pre- like, we'll, we'll do it. We'll record a demo where you present your own little bit of drive time and uh, you'll play a song. I said, I, I have no idea how to use this. Can I, I've never, I've never been in a radio presenter role in my life. And I went, can I just, maybe just you act as my producer? Because obviously I'd be trained up in how to use that if I got the yeah, job. So, fair. so I was fair. like, I'm not going to know how to use that in, in however long we're here for you can't walk in like, and just drive the desk immediately you need to learn no i was i think i was in there for about half hour 45 minutes so there's no way i could have been shown through the whole system so mm-hmm. he he was like oh yeah no that's absolutely fine I'll, I'll be your producer for now all you do is you just you just um just present the show you do a bit of drive time so he said do a bit of a talk um i'm going to play you out of this song and you're going to do this competition talk about the competition, how to get in, give them the phone number, ask them, text in tweet, and then maybe read out a couple of tweets and then link into the next track and press it. And we'll record all of that. Right. Okay. <laughs> Just a little bit. Then that's exactly how he said it. It was honestly like, and he's like, but be happy. Be-. Like he's giving me voice <laughs> acting notes as well. Like be energetic, be happy. Don't be too out there. Don't be crazy. <laughs> so, so <laughs> it basically, we we tried we tried it a couple. He basically just went improvise your own show, just just pretend you're on a show, go just do it do it. I'm like okay. Uh, so I uh, so Maroon Maroon Five was was playing. It was uh, very
0: hard. that that is- yeah
1: moves like Jagger. You know, a proper oh. heart FM song as it's playing out, and I'm, I'm there on the microphone just as it's coming through bearing in mind, like improvising a radio show. So I'm there like, that was, of course, Moves Like Jagger by Maroon 5. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that you have, of course, got the Maroon 5 competition to go see them live at the NEC in Birmingham. (laughs) And don't forget that when you you, get you. you get your tickets, you, you the prize. We're giving away a prize. we're giving away two tickets to see Maroon 5. So feel free to call us on 800 772 869 or text us into our mobile number at 788 396 Two eight seven. it was an actual
0: mobile th- number. Oh wow! Yeah,
1: someone call that number. But of <laughs> course, as well, Um, we've got this is this is me, Thomas Mitchell's taking you through your drive time hour. So, have we got any stories coming in? Let us know. Tweet us at Heart FM on Twitter. Get in touch with us on Facebook as well on our Facebook page, and we'll read out some announcements. We have Karen. Karen says she is very excited to go out with her friends on a night out in town, having a great time in town. Obviously made that up. Thanks, Karen. (laughs) We've also got Derek here as well, saying, absolutely loving the show, Tom. I've certainly got moves like Jagger myself, laughing Nice, nicely done. Driving in rush hour traffic from Grimsby. Well, hopefully you get to Grimsby safe and sound, Darren. All the best for you. And anyway, here is Baby by Justin Bieber. Oh, and... There's nothing worse than I was even thrown into that situation of having to make up your own little radio link. And then he says, okay, now can you make it, can you make it sound like you're a bit more confident in what you're saying? And maybe, maybe not repeat yourself <laughs> again with the words. Yourself. Like, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm, go. and I'm, I'm there and I'm going, I'm, that was, of course, Moves Like Jagger from Maroon 5. And don't forget that. And it's like, you're sounding a bit too radio presenter. <laughs> I'm toned down. I'm like, I've never, I've never been a radio presenter before in my life. I've never been on the radio Just think no, Partridge. Think, think Partridge. Are you there? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that lovely man with the lovely singing voice? It's Annie Lennox. Who invented the skip. <laughs> <laughs> like oh it was was just one of those moments and you could see that he was really wanting me to it was like he was expecting me to have some sort of revelation and I said what more do you want from me and then he said well obviously we can we can do some more work I think if we get you in because he was based in the West Midlands and he said well obviously we can we can get you in we'll do some more we'll do some more training with you and we'll get you set up to make a proper demo and we can move you along I said okay yeah that sounds great so I was a bit like, oh, maybe they do he does want yeah. me as a radio presenter. That sounds really cool. Um I wouldn't say no to that. Um also while Mark Wright is just doing this a lot. Well you can't see it, but he's like constantly looking through the window. As he's doing his radio show, he can smell
0: the competition. That's why he
1: can smell the competition. He wants those maroon five tickets. <laughs> he wants the maroon five tickets for the NEC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he just, I just, I was just I was baffled. I really was baffled, <sighs> truly baffled that he even wanted me to make up tweets as I was going through. Like, not even, not even like, let's write a couple of tweets down before we record this. He just hit record and went, right, go. You're doing a competition. You're getting tweets coming in. Go, go, go. Don't sound too radio presenter. Don't sound too hyper it's only drive time mate give me give me a chance oh uh, yeah and then uh, sadly sadly uh due to the way the radio industry has changed since then i tried to get in touch with him and he'd moved on to past his new and oh. i no longer got to live out the potential career change in being radio presenter for heart fm Radio So Heart FM, if you are listening, I'm still available, and I'm quite happy to present Drive Time, especially for Friday nights. Nice. Let's get nice. Karen nice. that party.
0: Nice, nice. No, nice. no one wants to go to a Karen party right now. I can tell you that is
1: <laughs> Kaz, Kaz party. She's not a Karen. She appreciates life, all walks of life. She's a Kaz. She's a, got a party aptitude. She's on well, her. she She would be on her way to Weatherspoons, but she hates Weatherspoons now. <laughs> No,
0: Karen's definitely going straight back to Weatherspoons the minute she can.
1: <laughs> she For bought shares.
0: Pink gin and lemonade. Yeah. Karen between nine to five, Monday to Friday. Kezza on the weekend. She's a... All... Kezar <laughs> <laughs> Sorry it's only Karen's
1: listening. Genuine Karen's. <laughs> yeah, I know Karen's. Oh, right? dear. Some of my friends are Karen's. Some of my best friends are Karen's. And we get on really well. I can say it. I can say it because I'm friends with Karen's.
0: <laughs> you oh, can say dear.
1: It. I can say it. It's a joke oh, between Karen's. It's the, a joke with me and Karen's.
0: It sounded like the guy was so on your side as well. He really but just was. didn't he know was, how to direct you in the right way. He was,
1: yeah, he was a really nice guy, and I was gutted that when I when I chased him, I, I think it was after the Buddy Tour. I said, "Look, I'm I'm not uh, I'm I'm not um, in a in a theatre tour anymore. So I would be interested in chatting to you and." just i i don't know whether he i think he changed jobs or there was a bit of a managerial management yeah. shake-up radio or moves global. quickly sometimes global is such a like radio is just its own beast um i know so many people that work in radio um and it is just such a sometimes it can be such a bit of a real free-for-all and i i was actually i was actually a bit gutted that i didn't get the chance to do it again because i yeah. i thought to myself oh wow i could be like a presenter for heart and that would be that would be really cool i'd really be up for that um but no alas that did not happen so hopefully i can be like partridge and be on norwich fm someday that what's your nice. favorite
0: shoe it's for <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh, the thing is, it would totally Bath suit time you. time with Alan. <laughs> it would totally <laughs> suit you. I love it. I love it. Everybody wants a real-life sidekick, Simon. That's the thing. They really do. This is one that... Well, the actor, he writes... I'm writing to you with a tale of a true disaster of an audition that I have never shared with anyone before. This is it. He says, I swear this is true. I haven't told anyone because they simply wouldn't believe me. I hope you do.
1: Okay. good, good, good start.
0: About two years after graduating one of the best musical theatre colleges in London and a fair few jobs into my career, I was called in to audition for a film that was in development. Excellent. I'd always wanted to work on screen. We'd had a decent training for screen, so I felt confident in that being an area of the industry I wanted to pursue my career in. It was for a, quote, serious war film, and I was to audition as a young soldier. It was a first meet, and I was meant to go in, meet the director, and read for him as he taped the scene for reference. I got some script through that was basic, to say the least. Corporal this and save the locals that. About a paragraph or so. And was told to prepare it in a World War II style. Whatever that means. I was told to dress appropriately. Oh, dear. This is red flags already. I went, dressed as close as I could for what I thought was the part. I had a green, khaki green top that looked vaguely military.
1: Oh, good. I thought he was going to dress as a Nazi. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I overdid it on the tune. I
1: came dressed as a Nazi. World War Two authentic feel. Young German soldier. I chopped my leg off.
0: and it... <laughs> I arrived at the location It was a house. No worries, I thought. It's just a first audition. It must just be with the director. I knocked and he opened the door. And to my surprise, he was dressed exactly like a stereotypical director of the movies. White trousers, black turtleneck, complete with scarf and a beret and a small moustache that looked like it was drawn on in makeup.
1: Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Like toast of London.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I greeted him and him me, and he walked me through to the studio space, which turned out to be his living room, completely covered in green screen material. Now, when I say covered in (laughs) green screen material, I don't mean just a drop down screen at the back across a wall. I mean, he had that... But also every item of large furniture, sofa, chairs, table, had been what looked like wallpapered and wrapped with a bright green fabric. (laughs) But they were in their normal places still. It was like the worst Christmas day I'd ever seen. Officially, (laughs) I was concerned. (laughs) Confused, I made my way to the mark he'd put on the floor in front of the camera and dropped my bag to the side of the room. No, no, he said. I have to move it or it won't look right. Fine, I thought, it's his casting. I read through the lines for a couple of times for him, acting my socks off as much as the basic script would allow, and he just stood there, forehead in his hand. Cut, he shouted as the scene came to its end. Hmm, I like it, but could you act it a bit more physically? Yes, I thought, and said. What, like I was in the trenches, like, you know, dodging debris, etc.? No, no, put a bit more rhythm in it, physically, he said, as he darted around the room in a comedic, I thought, way but he looked deadly serious. I thought he was being funny to break the ice. Don't hold back, he said. I read the scene again and added in some dodging and dipping and side-to-side movement, but slightly confused by what he wanted. I got through the scene without going too far. Again, he snapped, but bigger. (laughs) So I did it again and maybe went a bit more dancey with my arms. I was musical theatre trained as it was just to see if that's what he wanted yes 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 that's better he proclaimed at the end of the scene again a big cut every time i got to the end it had started to make me giggle a bit if i'm honest he says then it started to get weird then
1: <laughs> yeah no then yeah
0: the green wrapped furniture was not a you know warning sign now the film is still in its early stages so i wanted to explore all my options he said Me thinking that meant the audition was winding up and he was being polite, telling me I probably wouldn't be getting the role. Oh, thank you for the opportunity anyway, I said, and I moved towards my bag. Oh, no, he said. I mean, the style of the piece is work in progress, so I like to experiment with you. Uh Uh-oh, I thought. So, the film may be set in space on the moon instead of in the world war. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Now yes. this <laughs> this is this is what we want. This is what we're this, here for.
1: This is why this is why I want auditions. So that these type of auditions. Yes. Oh god. This wasn't what We want what... you to come in dressed for World War II but we might put you on Mars. Not yeah. On the moon. This wasn't what oh. I'd signed up to audition for.
0: So what I'd like you to do is believe in that weightlessness and travel around <laughs> the room across the land. "'gesturing to the sofas and tables hidden behind the green cloth. "'If you were a space soldier and show me the physicality, "'really use the space and I'll follow you with the camera. "'Does... does he want me to act floating in space across his hidden sofas?' "'I thought. I asked in straight terms as well. "'Yes. Yes, he did. It all made sense now. "'He'd green-screened his living room to give me the chance to show him that kind of movement.' So I thought, screw it, I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) So I did the most over-the-top audition I had ever done, launching myself in relative slow motion across this lounge lunar landscape, making Houston, we have a problem sounds and running like I was in Baywatch around the room. I finished, cut again, obviously, and he thanked me really enthusiastically, said that was all for the time being and he'd be in touch. I left absolutely bewildered about what had happened. After a coffee to bring myself back to normal, I called my agent later that afternoon to tell him how it went. To my surprise, they'd said they'd actually just got off the phone to him and he was delighted with my performance and wanted to offer me the part.
1: Yes. (laughs) Good lad. (laughs) Come
0: on! <laughs> well, I just burst out laughing, told them the story of what the audition had been like. And we both agreed it was probably for the best that this time we politely declined the offer. No! I don't no, know... what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know what became of the film or the director, or if it was even made to the end. But I can never see green screen again without being taken back to that lounge lunar landscape and reliving it in a flash.
1: Oh, oh God. I am. Oh, my goodness. a i was gutted i genuinely thought he was gonna say he took it i would and have it turned loved out to be known. gravity or it- <laughs> it turned out to be the avengers <laughs> that's why chris evans I, tom holland yeah <laughs> oh my oh, god ah, ah, br- so hold on a minute that was that was the director's living room yeah was it, it a- must have been house? a short
0: film it must have been someone uh. who just managed to get there who it doesn't say where they found it whether it's spotlight or ccp or anything like that but it, somehow <laughs> that person yeah i mean Some auditions you go to are never quite what they, you know, book by its cover and all that. But yeah, I, it doesn't say if anyone else was auditioning that day, it looked like some guy just called some actor to his lounge and well, let's not go there, but it was, yeah. Oh my goodness. Never,
1: ever, ever (laughs) accept an audition where you go directly to a director's house. Nope. Always go somewhere. That's like a studio space or a rehearsal room but not a person's actual address. Why? Because they'll make you (laughs) pretend to float on the moon. On a sofa? On their wallpapered sofa, (laughs) so they can edit that out to make you look like you're floating. But I... I want, I want that guy. I want that whoever that was to. I, I want to know what that was for. Because if that became an actual thing, I want to look it up. Oh, watching I, that film straight away tomorrow night. I yeah. want to know what that. I'm just so gutted he didn't <laughs> take the job. Take I'm it. so gutted. You kind of get I the point and think you need to do that job, regardless of would, how you feel. That's that's In you. a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, I would have. I would have said, "Well, I'm doing it." Because if that's the if, audition story. What was the story from the actual what job? The, what was the film going to be? Like it would be like that would be like making the room, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like that. What became of that? What became oh, of the room God. and like the whole story behind that? That would have been the UK's version of the room. Yeah, the, the moon. <laughs> the moon. The moon. Well, not moon. <laughs> <laughs> now pretend you're floating, Mark. <laughs>
0: Before we wrap up, we like to remind ourselves on Don't Call Us, We'll Call You that it's often not just the auditions that can go wrong, but even when you land the job, sometimes on stage things go wrong again. So, Thomas, tell Mm. me one of yours. What happened when something didn't go to plan on stage or when you got the job or in a role or whatever?
1: All right. So one of the biggest issues of things that go wrong on stage quite happened to be prop related or set dress related and a a a when i was on the first forensical tour because that's all i do now so, so you know first second 18th forensical tour this is the first forensical tour i did and uh the um the set was dressed obviously to look like the, f- the f- famous monica's apartment and our director had this wonderful idea of yeah let's put let's put food out on in bowls and put it out on the coffee table for certain scenes so that joey can have a snack on something and like give give us something to do when we're not acting in the scene in the dialogue we can we can change our blocking a little bit and for some reason stage management thought getting something like popcorn was a cheap and <laughs> simple way of um, filling that bowl. Cause then obviously every time we did a show, they'd have to use a fresh amount. They didn't use like the same thing cause it was being eaten. So it was like a health and safety thing. They, they filled it up as, with a brand new packet. Um, one of the many random expenditures of the friends <laughs> um, of a load of popcorn and Subway sandwiches. And popcorn, so the popcorn would sit in the bowl and it would be on the table and there was this one song uh called so, so this happened right so there's this one song called geology rocks <laughs> which nice title um, i
0: love it yes
1: exactly it's a friends reference already and it's a, it's a it's one of the best songs in the show simply because it's ross dancing with two dinosaurs <laughs> and everyone else is in like a frozen tableau, and he's just like giving it hell for leather, um, pretending to be this rock star. And there's one moment in the choreography, uh, in in Darren Vincent Carnell's choreography, where he jumps onto the onto the coffee table and does the final bit with the two dinosaurs. This is brilliant. Uh. So, what happened is that the bowl was not where it was supposed to be on the coffee table. It wasn't <laughs> placed right. And so just as the song was coming to an end, Jamie, who who was playing Ross, uh he Jamie Lee Morgan, everyone, lovely, Jamie Lee Morgan. Guy. Let's get the name in there. Lovely guy. He Oh love that man <laughs> to pieces, but he he accidentally kicked the popcorn bowl over. <laughs> and when I say It covered the stage. (laughs) It covered the stage. It was honestly like a New Year's Eve confetti cannon just went off. There was popcorn (laughs) everywhere. Everyone, Everyone in the audience completely lost it. We all completely lost it. But the problem was is that there was no easy way for stage management to clear away the popcorn straight away. So there was no there was no easy way of getting the popcorn off the stage without doing a show stop. And for some reason there wasn't a show stop. It we just had to make it part of the show. As if Monica would great. let a bowl of popcorn sit on her apartment floor yeah, without cleaning which was, it up. Which was good, which which was great to be honest, because I mean they they do a show stop if popcorn went everywhere in lame is, but for forensical, we're like, nope, we've got to carry on with all this <laughs> Commitment. So we we're there, obviously making joke after joke, ad lib after ad lib, about all this popcorn everywhere. Everyone's in complete fits of laughter, corks and galore, everything. And uh, they eventually, eventually cleared it away. But that's not the the best part. The best part was is that they were recording the show that night. Archive <laughs> of course, and, it was uh, that show. My very good friend, and uh asm at the time matthew payne he got hold of the footage and he he typed onto the whatsapp group uh just so you know that there's a there's a development in the story behind popcorn gate it turned out on this footage the bowl was set in its right position on the coffee table but what had happened is that duncan burt Duncan Burt, everyone. Duncan Duncan <laughs> Burt from uh, West End, best friend. Duncan Burt, in his dinosaur outfit, he did a he did a spin and his tail hit the popcorn bowl.
0: <laughs> oh, so it wasn't Jamie's fault. Hit
1: the popcorn bowl and the bowl moved over. It was like a one-two into the penalty box. It was like one-two, <laughs> bam. It was like everything had a rhythm to it and. We watched it. We watched this. He made a gif of it. So it just went on oh, loop and brilliant. It was the most it was it was like the ending of Usual Suspects like Kaiser Soza, You realize who it is and you're like, oh, my God, it was Duncan. <laughs> we were ribbing <laughs> Jamie for ages about it. Poor and it Jamie. Down, and Duncan Duncan will will if he listens to this, he will contest. He's like, no, 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 because he's on the one that he was on the not the popcorn over. Absolutely not. <laughs> And, oh, yeah, dear. it made such, a, and it was one of the best, best cockups I've ever seen in a show. It was, it was sublime. And the best bit was, it happened again in a different part of the show. In a, in a no, show. yeah, didn't it got learn the lesson. Over again, got knocked over again. They didn't think, okay, let's maybe not use popcorn. Let's use apples or just something easy to <laughs> clean up. No, we're gonna keep going with the popcorn. We're gonna keep it. And and lo and behold, it happened again later on in the tour. Popcorn Gate Part Two.
0: <laughs> food uh, food was,
1: on stage is and, always. And that, one, that one was Ali Retberg. Ali Retberg, who <laughs> played Phoebe, everyone. Ali Retberg knocked over the popcorn in Pop- get, uh, Popcorn Gate uh, Part Two. Ali, Ali Retberg. So the first one was Jamie Lee Morgan and Duncan Burt. The second was Ali Retberg.
0: I think Just we need so that gift that to in. share on our Twitter this week. I think that's what we need. <laughs> Before we let you go um we always ask our guests to finish the show with one audition addition. something it could be humorous it could be uh, a sensible it's never a sensible one let's face it um an audition edition something you'd add to the audition process to make it better
1: well i've got I've got two answers love One's it serious um what i i feel Every time someone goes into an audition room, they should be given the option of having a gin and tonic before they go in.
0: Lovely bit of booze.
1: I I think alcohol to calm your nerves is a wondrous thing. Um, I like just, that. You know, just just enough, you know, just a tip, just a, a nice gin tea, but not like a Gordon's, like a, something a bit spicy that's good for your voice, like a Bombay Sapphire, you know, just yes. has that spice behind it. Yeah, this is, why or, we, this is
0: why we get on, Tom. This is this is yeah. my language. This is gin and tonic. Yeah, like
1: or uh, you know Plymouth Monkey Forty Seven. You know that kind of that kind of thing. I just think it eases you in, eases you in nicely. Just have a nice drink before you go in. Like, none of this all, all alcohols and anti- uh, histamine. all affect. Get care. me hammered. I, Come on, <laughs> get me, get me hammered. Get me, get me in there. <laughs> I will, I will hug David Grindrod. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that. And then there's the other, the other thing as well is that, uh, and this is based on a, an experience I had in an audition. It's actually quite similar to the the first story you came out with, which was about the amount of things that uh, panels ask you to prepare. Yeah. And the, they say, ah, oh, like the first story, oh, here's, here's a monologue. Here's five sides of script. Here's a song you've all got to learn. Um, as soon as possible and the thing is is that i i did i did an audition where i was given stuff to learn and then they only listened to some of it and they only go oh well you've learned all these sides but we only want to listen to one i did an audition where i had to get on a train um up to manchester to do an audition and it was a very very expensive journey i had to make in order to make this audition because i had to travel in peak time and they they'd asked me to prepare a song asked me to bring one for my rep and then asked me to do some sides. And I worked really hard on the sides because the sides obviously is because the, 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 um, the role I was going for was a really, really fun character, really fun comedy character. And they, they basically, they called me in, I traveled all the way up and they, they asked to listen to just a smidge of the song I prepared for my rep. And then they got me to sing the, um, the the song that they asked me to prepare for not really explaining exactly what they wanted me to learn from the, cause it's a, there was a bit of, um, it was, well, technically it's a duo, it's a duet, but then I had to kind of just make the call and go, okay, well, I have to <laughs> sing it all as me. Um, cause they didn't actually specify what they wanted me to sing. It was face off and, the musical. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But then, uh, then once I'd finished that song, they just went, okay, great. Thanks very much and these no scenes, that wasn't it yeah the sides oh, come on man they didn't they didn't they didn't want to listen to the sides that i prepared and it was a good scene and i was really that for me was what said you need to you need to respect the process of an actor going into an audition and when you ask people to i i understand that you might have time constraints i understand you might overrun all auditions overrun but you have to factor in that a lot of these people that are looking for these opportunities are putting their heart and soul into and money as well and money, learning these things, learning these sides, learning these songs. And if you're not going to listen to it all, I just find that a bit of a disrespect because whilst they get that timing is an issue and you have to get through people for that person, it's, demoralizing not being able to fully show what you can do and one of the songs that i did didn't go very well but i felt like if i had done the sides it would have shown them that okay i i may have messed up a little bit in that song because of the whole thing that i was it was a duet but i had to kind of do all of it but you didn't give me the chance to show you what i can do acting wise how i can take direction you didn't give me that chance and so that massive train journey that i did to come up here spend all that money to come up here because you asked me to be here it just seemed pointless i could have just saved money by being at home
0: audition shouldn't feel like an obstacle course and if you don't get no. past the first bit you're not allowed to do the rest of the course it, it's exactly as you said and it does reflect the first one if if you mess up and you can do another bit of the audition you go well actually i know they can do that and clearly they're nervous let's do them a song again at the end of it there's there's always you can always make time for people like that. just
1: let just if you're going to if you're going to create if you're going to set up all this material that these actors have to learn at least let them show it off let them let them go through the process because auditions are jobs themselves we're freelancers and we have to have we have to obviously find the work that pays but an audition is also a job in itself because it's you showcasing your work it's you marketing yourself it's you showing what you can bring to a show and if you're not being met with that okay let's see everything that you can do that we've asked for you to do if yeah. you're only like okay let's see let's see 25% let's see 75% but not 100% i don't think that's fair mm. and that's something that i think so. and and also it's giving someone five like like the the first story giving someone five sides to learn Five acting scenes to learn and you're only going to pick one they've probably picked the one that is let that's she's yeah. less cop they're left co- less confident Sod, in. sod's law in it sod's law it's the one that they learnt last or it's the one they couldn't connect with and so it's not giving them an opportunity whether she chose it or not i don't know but the fact remains when you're giving someone too much stuff it's unfair because then it's like well i've got to make time for myself to learn all of this and You know, people have lives. Everyone's got part-time jobs. Everyone's got family, weddings, holidays. We can't. We can't be learning. We got.
0: We got none uh, of that anymore.
1: No (laughs) one can sit and read and translate a whole French film script. No one has that free time. No one can, but they will. They can and they will. I did. Don't, (laughs) Thomas. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. there we go that was this week's
0: episode of don't call us we'll call you with the brilliant thomas mitchells thank you so so much to him for coming and having a chat we spent almost two hours having a zoom conversation a few weeks ago it's so easy when we get on so well and and just have so many wonderful stories from you to tell him uh that poor girl who traveled so far oh my goodness i hope she got reimbursed for petrol i don't think she did we love it when you tell new people who don't know about us to listen to the show and that's the easiest way you can support us. We don't ask for any money or anything like that. We just want you guys to tell people whether they're actors, performers, singers, dancers or just fans of funny stories. Give us a tag on Twitter at Don't Call Us Pod and also on Instagram if you head to Spotify, if you're listening there, you can actually share the sto- uh, share the show straight to your stories as well. That's a really great way of telling people to listen and, and inviting them to Listen to some giggly stories. So thank you very much. Also, if you haven't listened to all of our shows yet, there might be people that you don't know who they are. There might be people that you do know who they are and you don't realise we've recorded with them. Go back down to our episode list and listen to the ones that you haven't because I promise you there's stories in there that are going to make you both cringe and howl, smile and cry with laughter. If you are inclined, then leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts, a five stars, and a little review helps us be found by other people. We're not needy. We just like to be found by new listeners. And also, every week our guests uh, nominate two worthy causes that they'd love you to contribute to if you have the means. Even a pound towards them helps, uh, whether it be theatre charities, childcare charities, cancer charities. It's just a nice little way that we can reach out and use our platform to raise some funds for people who desperately need it in this lockdown time and you'll find the links for Tom's choices in the episode description. So once more, thank you very much for myself, John Webb Carter, our co-producer, and our guest this week, Thomas Mitchells. Everyone who's contributed stories so far, thank you so much. Continue to do so. Don't call us pod at gmail.com. But until we speak again and you hear our lovely dulcet tones, I wish you a very good week. Stay safe, wash your hands, wear your mask, and remember, don't call us, we'll call you. Goodbye, everybody!